life was like a box of chocolates. There is no place like... You talking to me? All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. Nobody puts baby in a I could have been a contender. He's looking at you, kid. Here's Johnny. A very particular set of skills. Your milkshake. Go ahead. Make my day. I'll be back. I am the father. I'm Spartacus. Say hello to my little friend. Why so serious? You shall not Welcome to another episode of the Real Features Podcast. I am your host, Paul Cookson, with my co-host, Sam Lavery. How are you going? Ahoy, ahoy. Sorry, that was Mr. Burns. Good. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and good Paul Cookson. What's, uh, what's happening? Yes, not much. Uh, well, yeah, no, I, I mentioned before, but I, I've had committed carbicide. I had too much pasta and uh, I'm just sweating uh, profusely, <laughs> but uh, no, it's... Uh, be fine. We'll, you I'll might get fall this. asleep during this. Yeah, go into <laughs> exactly. a carb coma. Because <laughs> you haven't but, had a single carb for about five years. You shredded. Yes, that's not true at all. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I wish. I try and cut down the carbs. But yeah, today was not a good day. <laughs> yeah. well, we all have, you know, sometimes you have setbacks, Paul, in these that's things. It. So today was a big one. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> speaking of big ones, this episode is a big one as well. Yeah, jam-packed day as well, or jam-packed episode. Uh, As always, we'll hit the uh, movie news, latest movie news. We've got some big announcements or big updates on uh, starting off with Amazon's massive series, Lord of the Rings, The Ring of Power, which is exciting. Comes out Mm -hmm. later this year. We'll give you a bit of a summary of what to expect on that. Uh, The latest news surrounding the second Mortal Kombat movie, Mm. uh, which is pretty popular. Um, Some worrying news on the much-loved Australian soap Neighbours. Oh, my God. We'll give you the detail on that and much more. As always, we'll also give you the snapshot of the big things coming to streaming this month. Uh, And I'm very excited by this. Uh, Again, we're joined by a good friend of ours and... uh, um, Thomas Muller, Muller, I think I've pronounced that right. Such a good friend. You guys are so close. <laughs> yeah. You don't know his freaking last name. <laughs> I always call him Thomas. No, he's a, he's a great one. He's been in the movie industry for a long time as well um, in visual effects. And he's actually joining us from uh, Germany. So it's going to be a bit of a time, time zone difference. But uh, he's worked on massive films like X-Men, uh, World of War Z, World War Z, I think it is, Z or whatever it is, mm-hmm. Mandalorian. Uh, and a lot of other stuff. He's going to help us, as usual, with a listener question. And he's chosen to nostalgia review. This is pretty cool. Bit different. Danny Boyle's 2007 sci-fi Sunshine. So mm. uh, very exciting. But um, I've got a really good listener question as well uh, coming up as well. So big episode. Big so episode. much. So much. Yes. But first, what have you been listening to recently? Watching recently? Anything good? Anything uh, Yeah. Yeah. Bits and pieces, man. I... The Righteous Gemstones I've been oh, giving a hiding. It's good, Man, isn't it? Yeah. It is really good. It's yeah, yeah. It's really funny. I mean, I love Danny McBride, and the cast is awesome. Like John Goodman, even uh, what's his name? Like Walter Goggins, I think, is the dude who was also in the Teacher one. The guy with the oh. big teeth. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah, he's, he's so odd. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, just a different looking cat and really funny actor. Yeah, but it's also like just how they kind of blend it with. Yeah, like it's actually written quite well too. It's not just a brainless comedy. Like it's got kind of even dark yeah. undertones. It's violent it at times yeah. and stuff. And, Absolutely. And even just a take on big money religion and stuff I kind of enjoy. Just, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It ticks a lot of boxes. I think it's, it's a pretty good one. That is good. Um, yeah. I watched, uh, what did I watch? Gold. Oh, yes. What did you think? The Australian Efron one with... Um, yeah, Zach Efron. Efron. Yeah. What did you uh, think? I've heard mixed things on that yeah, one. Yeah, it was okay. It was like, it was okay. Yeah. Like it wasn't definitely not an award winner for me anyway, but I think it's, um, yeah, it's definitely like you, if you watch it, it's, it's enough to keep you going, but it's probably not the best thing kicking around. Kind of a shame because they talked that up. I think it was, uh, I can't remember if it was Stan or Binge. I think maybe Stan Stan. spent a lot of money to get that. And I was like, because they don't produce much content. It's usually, they're usually bringing stuff over from other, other streaming channels, but they, uh, yeah, that was going to be one of the bigger ones. And uh, yeah, it's um, it's funny though. I did see, so they put a lot of money into getting Efron, yet then the director's also acting. He was the mm. other guy that, yep. it, that finds the culture. So it's like, you've blown the whole budget on that. So now he's even got to act in the he's other He's got to role. do everything else. He does the <laughs> catering and does all the transport. He does it all. <laughs> he, um, 
Look, it's definitely not a piece of crap and I don't want to like write it off because I still yeah. think some people would get something from it. It's, but it's just okay. not, yeah, it's not an award winner. Yeah. Um, what about you, man? What have you been watching? Well, yeah, actually, I don't know. I think it was another stand one that they kind of co-produced with in, with England, but it was actually called The Wolf. Uh, I think it's The Wolf of Me, and oh, uh, it's got yeah. Isla Fisher and yep. uh, um, uh, Josh. Yeah, uh, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she's like a werewolf, uh, and they sort of start dating, yeah. and she doesn't really doesn't realize that. She just thinks that she's a bit quirky, and then that sort of it was all right. It was all right. Yeah, like it wasn't uh, wasn't amazing, but it was solid. Like, and I okay. think uh, again, it's good to see that they're sort of producing a few Australia, like you know, a few of those sort yeah. of things. So it's um, yeah. So that was good. But so if you had to do an impromptu, should I watch this? Would you give that the tick of approval that you should yeah. give it a go? I think the fact it's uh, a six episode, like twenty five minutes an episode, you could belt it out in a night, and yeah. uh, you know, I think you'd be like, yeah, that was good. You know, it was yeah. all right. Well, okay. it doesn't mind mind blowing, but it's yeah, yep. worth a watch. So yeah, yeah, sweet, nice. Yeah. And um, nice. yeah, Manda, uh, no, not Mandalorian. Although it's pretty much Mandalorian with the last few episodes. Book of Boba Fett. Been watching that, ah, which yep. is uh, actually the last two episodes as we record this. They're pretty much the last two episodes have just been on the Mandalorian. It's, it's pretty much him, huh. yeah, it, dominating the episodes, which is quite quite funny. But they're really good, and um, yeah, they're probably and Peacemaker as well with John Cena. It's not bad yep. as well. Um, Sweet, yeah. So yeah, bit of stuff. Cool. Was the Boba Fett one good? Yeah, it's still airing at the moment, but it's good. Yeah, I think I think people were criticizing it wasn't as good as Mandalorian, but then when he's literally dominating the last two episodes, it's essentially yep. like unofficial man, Mando thing. You can see it's yep. building. I, I think people are just a bit too harsh. I think I think it was still really well done, and Robert Rodriguez uh, is yeah. a big part of that, so he's always good as well. So yeah, and the Mandalorian, let's be honest, was an absolute winner, and it was something. It probably was a runaway success to the degree where they probably didn't think it would be that. Yeah. Great. Like it was very good. Like yeah, it was brilliant. it really exceeded and and dominated. So I think that was they're pretty big shoes to fill. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Nice. Should we uh dip into a bit of this stuff because I know we've got yes a bit to get through before Tom is comes yes. on. Absolutely. Exciting. Yes. Yeah. So we hit the movie news and as we mentioned at the top, uh Amazon's Lord of the Rings, The Ring of Power, which I know has got a lot of interest on this given how epic the uh the movie trilogy were mm-hmm. but uh this one we can tell you is set a thousands thousands of years before the events of the hobbit and lord of the rings um they call it in nerd sort of terminology i think it was the second age of middle earth um and it sort of shows the the forging of the 20 rings that you know three go to the elves seven to the dwarves nine to mortal men and one to sauron so mm-hmm. you kind of they allude to that in the movies i think a little bit where they sort of show snippets of it and also i think the movie also um kind of follows the rise of sauron um who becomes you know the big bad bad guy essentially in the lord of the rings of course um and the build of the epic tale of the numenor and the last alliance of elves and men as seen and you would have seen that in the the lord of the rings where you sort of see alron and Isildur uh fighting against uh you know that sort of stuff so i think that's a pretty big part of that you could have um, literally been speaking in Japanese then. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Dude. I know a lot of people will get it, but holy shit. There's um, a lot of Lord of the Rings nerds out there. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're not one of those, I'm deeply sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you played that in, uh, what is it, you know, in podcasts, you can slow down the... Uh, <laughs> I probably still wouldn't you won't be able to tell what I've just said but anyway nah. <laughs> it's all there for you though it's all there um, speaking of all there so Amazon secured the rights of this for 250 mil uh, so they're not messing around mm. five season commitment two seasons have already been announced so far the estimated budget on this per season just half a billion US <laughs> wow. so compare that to Game of Thrones 100 mil per season so Jeez. they're pumping a lot into this fairly unknown cast so interesting what you know obviously they're, they're pumping a lot into the uh scenery and stuff like that but yeah. uh, eight episodes first season expected to premiere on amazon on the 2nd of september this year very exciting stuff so that's crazy the yeah. amount of money in some of these is just that's mind-boggling insane yeah amazon yeah. wow yeah um all right next up joseph gordon Gordon Levitt and Chloe Grace Moretz cast in a psychological cult thriller about Jim Jones. 
So this film will be called White Knight with Gordon Levitt starring as a cult leader, Jim Jones, who is responsible for the Jonestown massacre, which resulted in the death and mass suicide of 918 people. Wow. Uh, It's based on Deborah Layton's portrayal, um, which, or memoir, I should say, which is a portrayed, she's portrayed by Moretz. Um, And that memoir was called Seductive Poison about her experience as a high ranking, ranking member in the infamous cult. But the crazy thing is, and this seems to happen a bit with movies like this um, on this one topic, but there's another one. And I think we spoke about this maybe in the last podcast that Leo is working on, um, on the same cult and he's playing the same leader and everything. So there's kind of two conflicting movies. And I, I found this happened with, well, probably the most recent examples, the Ted Bundy kind of thing. There was like 15 movies on Ted Bundy yep. within like two years. Yeah. Um, it's just funny right. how that works out, whether it's rights get released or someone buys the rights or I'm not sure what it is. But yeah. No, you're right. Even, even with the, uh, oh, I've got the name, the, the um, cyclist who was obviously who had been doping, you know, the biggest oh, cycle. Lance Armstrong. There was a whole bunch of movies that hit like released on him like at the same time as well so yeah you're right it's 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 funny how such a weird one but uh yeah it is yeah i I mean it's compelling and it is a crazy piece of history and pretty disturbing so i'm sure there's a lot to explore there but um yeah i mean both i'm interested in both of those both great actors and uh, yeah well that's a thing very interesting yeah Yeah. very much so absolutely Mm. yeah um Speaking of interesting, recently uh, Mortal Kombat 2, probably no surprise here, it was pretty popular. It's been essentially greenlit uh, for, a, uh, for a second one, or at least mm-hmm. the reboot one of as well. Um, Jeremy Slater, who did the Umbrella Academy TV series and most recently uh, Moon Knight, the uh, new Marvel TV series that hasn't aired yet, but uh, it's got a bit of popularity around it already. He's penning the script for this one. Um a lot of the plots fairly well, you know, kind of unknown, but they can certainly speculate on a lot of it. It's already been at least confirmed that we'll get a uh, Mortal Kombat style tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, for those who saw the last one, um, Shang Tsung attempted to uh, essentially come to Earth and cripple what's known as Earth Realm. So essentially, it's Earth battling against our otherworldly people in you know a tournament to uh, essentially save earth uh from i don't know domination or whatever it is um they got sent packing back and i think there was some you know deaths on both sides essentially they're going to retool uh line up again i think a lot of the usuals will come back for earth the earth guys you know sonya blade jacks raiden all those sort of things maybe even scorpion um uh but johnny cage which is you know big johnny cage the hollywood uh action hero uh, he was teased at the end of that movie, so he'll come back. Lots of speculation of who will uh, play him for a little while. There was uh, rumours Ryan Reynolds. I doubt Ryan would probably do that. I think he teased it in a commercial once, kind of taking a piss out of it. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if he'll actually do it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. And then, um, yeah, obviously the bad dudes will probably... Uh, it's. I think they'll probably uh, spoil it, revive Sub-Zero as well, because I think he got beaten up or killed or something like that. But, uh, yeah, no date on the release time yet but probably probably looking at 2024 if you yeah. uh, kind of put it all together but yeah it's exciting Mortal Kombat's always fun so yeah um yeah no awesome and what in what a I guess similar news and similar genre neighbors <laughs> you alluded to this might be facing the axe after nearly four decades on UK TV because let's be honest no one gives a shit about it in Australia yeah. it's massive in the UK uh so the Australian soap series that began in 1985 Jesus, it's like as old as us. Yeah. There's a risk of being cut in the UK, which would spell trouble for the show's future. Obviously, as I alluded to, no one cares about it here. But it airs on Channel 5, which apparently fronts most of the bill uh, and most of the funding. And reports are saying that it's costing too much to film compared to the advertising revenue it brings into the channel. It still gets 1.2 million UK viewers every day, which seems okay. But I guess people's attention is so spread thinly with all the content so maybe old neighbors just can't hold down the viewership it once did yeah um but you know and there was word and i did hear this that you know they might try and get kylie minogue back on there who famously famously was discovered on neighbors and to be honest we've got to give neighbors some due because they have discovered a lot of talent that has then gone on to 
do other things exactly countless yeah, actors have. and actresses who have been Toadie, able to, you know all Toadie. well Toadie never moved on <laughs> dr carl also didn't move on but you know that'd be a pretty good gig <laughs> like it's not a bad you know pretty solid work as an actor to be exactly. stuck on neighbors which yeah. i was actually on neighbors paul Oh, recently? Yeah, pretty like two years ago or something. Hey. Yeah, it wasn't that great. And I was working (laughs) with another extra who didn't get the concept of being an extra and would actually talk during takes and we got told off by a director. So, um, you know, I won't be allowed back there. That was a role you were born to play though. Yeah, (laughs) bar person number eight. So, incredible. Anyway. Just some quick headlines. Uh, Disney Plus have acquired the rights to live-action Goosebumps series. Oh, jeez. Oh, nice. Despite uh, Vin's failed attempts to publicly recruit The Rock to Fast and Furious 10, they are close to signing Jason Momoa. Is it Momoa? Moa? Yeah, I think Momoa? so. Momoa or something. Uh, yeah, yeah, as the main villain. Yeah, Vin was getting a bit desperate on those ones with The Rock and The Rock says, yes. he doesn't need to be doing Fast and the Furious 30 or whatever. <laughs> doesn't need that anymore. Guy Ritchie's new thriller film has cast Jake Gyllenhaal, Anthony Starr, who you might know as Homelander from The Boys, and Alexandra Ludwig from Vikings, among others, which is, once it again, has. a pretty good nice. Yes, yeah. very solid cast, but yeah. you'd expect that from Guy. Yeah. Um, and the CW are exploring the possibility of greenlighting Robert Rodriguez's female-led Zorro series. Yeah. So that's just Interesting. quick headlines for you, Paul Cookson. Very nice. And a few more quick ones more just around those series that have been renewed and uh, cancelled i've got a bunch of renewals i can uh, mention as well but euphoria has been hbo series renewed for season three mm-hmm. um yellowstone paramount plus's uh popular one has been renewed for season five mayor of kingstown i think that was originally only going to be one season but bang mm. season two well done um seal team renewed for season five doogie Kamaloa MD. I think it's like the Doogie Howser. <laughs> I don't know how you spell that bit. I obviously don't watch the show, but it's been renewed yeah. for season two. For those One of your like favorites. <laughs> and uh, the morning show, Apple Plus is one, uh, which re- returned recently. Uh, that's got a season three as well. So a few renewals there. Um, very exciting. Yes, definitely. All right, dude. Next up, what is coming out this month? Movies and streaming. Yes. But first up, we've got Pam and Tommy, uh, which is obviously Pamela Anderson <laughs> and Tommy Lee, the story no one really needed to hear. <laughs> um, and it's it's really about the circumstances surrounding that infamous sex tape. Um, yes. Which, yeah, it seems funny that it's on Disney. I know it's Disney Plus, but it does seem <laughs> funny. That's true. They, I didn't think of that. That's they're funny. producing it. That's you know? it. I think it's out already, actually. I haven't seen it yet, but yeah, that's yeah. Uh, has come out this month. So, they're yeah. going all out on it, man. I've seen it yeah. around. Like it's on billboards and stuff. Like they're, they're pushing Such it. Such an odd one. Yeah. It is. It's just, it... yeah. Anyway, good luck to them. Exactly. Um, the casting looks all right. Like they look yeah. pretty similar, but yeah, interesting. Yeah. Anyway, um, Reacher, Amazon Prime. Uh, Amazon's really uh, doing a lot these days. This is, of course, the uh, Lee Child popular novel series i think there's quite a few books on that this time they've got a pretty big dude alan richardson i think it is richardson mm-hmm. uh you might know from titans the uh dc comic book uh series um he's a lot bigger than tom cruise so tom cruise did the movies and uh the character of him is supposed to be he's like this big dude who you ex-us major uh, army major who comes around does odd jobs not, you know, uh, going around cleaning your pipes or, you know, saving cats out of trees. He's, you know, an investigator, this hard ass sure. kind of goes around and uh, does all that sort of stuff. So uh, I think people were pretty excited seeing the uh, the preview. I think it's actually, again, come out now. Um, I think it's eight, eight episodes, but um, okay, I think cool. the reviews are already really popular, really, uh, really popular on it. So I think it could actually, yeah, could be one to watch. Mm-hmm. Could be a good one. Amazon Prime. Amazon are very busy, aren't they? They are. Got a lot of money behind them. Oh, my God. He's lost even though he's left. Yeah, Yeah, crazy. (laughs) Uh, Next up, Bel Air, which is on Stan, which I'm assuming is the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. It is. Yes. Yes. So the remake is reportedly going to be very different from the light and fluffy original um, described as gritty and grounded exploration of class and race in America. 
Um, Will Smith won't star, but he is involved in the production of it. So that's interesting because, yeah, it's known as literally like that was canned laughter central. It was yeah. a thing that launched Will Smith. It was, you know, it was on at 4.30 in the afternoon. So yeah. they're definitely Very dated uh, to its time. So I don't oh, know how. Yeah. Especially when you read it, could go either way. It could be really shit, uh, or it'll actually be. The only thing is, I'm like Will Smith was involved in Cobra Kai, and they've yeah. done that very well, like to bring that. So maybe they'll do all right with this, especially if they updated it. But yeah, I don't know. Could be interesting because Will Smith kind of just made that series. But anyway, we'll see. Yep. Who knows? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of which, uh, or not really linked at all but uh tropo abc iview uh so australian one it's a series they've uh again australia seems to be producing a bit of content these days on some of the streaming channels which is uh makes sense and, and is good news again they've got uh, an american actor who's come out to headline this one thomas jane who's been on it for quite a few films uh not as much recently, but uh, it was a Punisher and the original ones and a bunch of other stuff. He's yep. essentially a private investigator who joins... Oh, sorry. Actually, no, there's another person who's, a, I think, a private investigator and he's a washed-up ex-cop. I think that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially, they're trying to find a missing Korean tech entrepreneur uh, in the far north Queensland. So um, should be an interesting series on ABC. Yeah, a very Australian name for the series too, Troppo. <laughs> Troppo. It's going bloody Troppo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Raised by Wolves, ooh, season two, which is coming out on Binge and Foxtel. Exciting. So, yeah, that's, that's very exciting because I, I really rated that first season. That was awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Ridley Scott. Yeah, it was yeah. Ridley. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. Very I can't wait for that one. do with it. Yeah. Mm. Um, Hotel Portofino. So this is coming out on Binge and Foxtel. It's a series. Um, I feel like our respective wives might like this one, and we probably mm-hmm. won't. It's a uh, the latest period drama. So. Uh, it's definitely Victoria (laughs) exactly Uh, set in 1920s in Italy I think Benito uh, Mussolini's brand of fascism was on the rise apparently that's that's when it's set it's got Natasha McElone or something Mm -hmm. (laughs) you pronounce it essentially it's the one that like you know the actress out of Californication and yep. from uh, Truman Show and stuff uh, like that. Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's great, actually. Yeah, she is. Yep. Yeah. So um, yes. Mm, interesting. Um, next up, Murderville on Netflix, which is already out, and I have watched a couple of episodes of this. Yeah. Um, so it's got Will Arnett, and it's kind of a cool concept. So it's part scripted but part improv, and it's a detective comedy series. So essentially, Will Arnett is a detective and he gets a guest on and they don't have any dialogue there's just a bit of a directive and they've got to kind of it's almost a, a improvised whodunit kind of thing um and each episode yeah they have a different celebrity i watched the one with conan in it oh, which is pretty funny good. yeah it's, it's yeah the concept is pretty cool but i'm not 100 percent on the execution okay. but it is yeah it's still okay. probably well i'll probably still watch it but because i really watch? like i really like will arnett too from a rest of development. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure if it completely lands, but okay. yeah, it, it is a cool concept. Okay. Interesting. I, I guess if they do another season, it'd be interesting if they keep fine tuning it and yeah, yeah. Working it out, but yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, also, uh, Walking Dead season 11. So, yes, it, Walking Dead has been going for a very long time. Oh and God. this is uh, finishing it off. I think the uh, it was this is part two of season 11. They split it into two as a lot of shows do with like Ozark at the moment, uh, which I think has done part one of their final season. This is the final part of Walking Dead. Having said that, they've had rotated the cast a fair bit during the years, especially towards the end there. Um, some of the mainstays like Daryl and Carol, we will say goodbye to until they get their own spin-off series, which has already, I think, been announced. So uh, oh it's going to keep going, I think so. Yeah. I think an ant just went into my microphone, by the way, which is funny. Weird. Just... All of a sudden, you get waves coming through the. <laughs> it's just <laughs> calling take my job. <laughs> oh, wow. I think it'll... anyway, we're going to move on. That's okay. I can deal with it unless it bites my face. Um, Space Force season two on Netflix. Uh, big cast in this one. Um, I'm not sure if everyone watched the first season. It was okay. Okay, was okay. you watched it. Yeah. Yeah. Steve Carroll um, leads a comedy sci-fi series. Um, 
and he's an out of his depth kind of space general just trying to work out and, and run the day-to-day of, I think it's almost like NASA kind of thing. Um, but the cast includes John Malkovich, Lisa Kudrow, Ben Schwartz. So it's massive cast. Good cast yeah. Um, and yeah, it definitely has its moments. So cool. yeah, that is doing season two. Excellent. Speaking of season two, I haven't seen this, but uh, interesting concept, Netflix reality dating show, Love is Blind. Uh, apparently, essentially, yeah, 30 men and women over 10 days. I think it's a speed dating sort of format where they're in pods. They can't, they talk to each other, can't see each other. Um, and then after that, some of them will ask the others to marry the other person. If they say yes, they get cut. They see each other, obviously, for the first time, get carted to, I think it's uh, Mexico or something like that, um, where essentially then they meet the parents, the other contestants, that sort of stuff. Hmm. Culminates to a wedding where they essentially say, they either break it off or they can go, yep, no, we'll marry, which it's like the maths thing. They're married, but they're not really married sort of thing, I mm. imagine, I think. But yeah, yeah, interesting. It seems like um, they're blending like a whole bunch of those shows that we don't watch together in, yeah. in one. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Yeah. So up next, little different, Vikings, Valhalla, which is on Netflix. Um, it's a sequel series to the original Viking series uh, with Ragnar Lothbrok. But this is set 100 years early after the events of the original and follows a new crop of famous Vikings doing Viking-type things. Yes. A lot of pillaging and yep. things like that, I imagine. But, uh, yes. yeah, I love Vikings. I thought the, <laughs> I love the original. I thought it was awesome with Ragnar, um, who, of course, that actress now doing um, uh, Raised by Wolves. But, uh, yeah. 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 He's it, dominating. He is. He's great. Oh, wow. Such a, yeah. and he could have more roles, but he's not really that. He's not that keen on act. Like he sort of enjoys it, but it's you know because yeah. he was originally just a model from Australia who kind of like That's picked right. up, yeah. and he was yeah. like reluctant to. But um, yeah, he's great. He's got such a charismatic. But anyway, this this yeah. one, yeah, um, set a whole new squad of people. So I think the original creators back. So should be interesting. Um, cool. Hella. Should be good. Yeah. Um, uh, I haven't seen this one either, but season four, really highly rated looking into it. Uh, the Marvelous Miss Mrs. Maisley, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Maisel. Um, Amazon Prime series. Uh, so, yeah, very popular, I believe. The comedy one set in 1960s. It's essentially a housewife turned stand-up comedian. Yeah, I've heard comic. of this too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, essentially, she's back this season to hone her craft. Uh, and apparently, she has an opportunity where she gets total uh, creative control uh, but of course, the price is that uh, I think it upsets or creates risk, rift, uh, a rift with her family and friends. But uh, yep. yeah, so popular one for yeah. season four. Yeah, I'll have to give that a crack, actually. Yeah. Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre on Netflix, the film. So after nearly 50 years of hiding, Leatherface returns to terrorize a group of teenagers in a roma- uh, romantic, remote <laughs> Texas town. Yes. So it's good to see they've changed up the formula there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah i mean i think he's like one of those supernatural but if he's 50 years older than <laughs> be like a pretty yeah. old leather face waddling around but uh he could I take the actual made... leather face off and it would be literal <laughs> yeah, leather face underneath there he's gonna <laughs> but i mean they're all getting there re- like you know scream that you know chucky's got his yeah. own series uh yeah. um know what you did last summer there was a series that came out so they're right. uh bring them all back I'm all for it. I'm a big horror fan, so I'm, yeah. I'm keen to see it. Hopefully they do all right because I've done a few uh, sequels to it all. And, yeah, not as good, but we'll see. Hopefully yeah, Netflix sure. behind it. Um, Amazon Prime again, smashing it. I Want You Back. This is a film comedy one with Charlie Day and uh, Jenny Slate. Yeah. Um, seems pretty typical. Uh, so it's, well, you know, for, well, I don't know, almost like the horrible boss type thing. Essentially, Charlie Day was in that as well. Um, two newly dumped people team up to sabotage their ex's new relationships to try and win them back. Also stars Scott Eastwood and Gina mm. Rodriguez. Um, so I imagine it's sort of a similar sort of vein. Um, yeah. A lighthearted comedy film. Yeah. Should be good. Very cool. Charlie Day is good. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Um, Star Trek Discovery ah. Season 4 Part 2 on Paramount Plus. Yes. And that's a series. That is, that is coming out. 
That is. And Paramount Plus, uh, they know they're on a, you know, getting the rights of Star Trek. They've, uh, I think they're spinning off a lot of, uh, there's going to be a lot coming. It's going to yeah, be their version of Star Wars. It. Yeah. 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 yeah it's gonna... <laughs> so. You've got to make that money. They probably <laughs> bought it for some ridiculous, you know, billion dollars or something. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and around it out in cinemas this month, you'll see uh, Death in the Nile, uh, which is the follow-up to, oh, I forget it. I think there was a, there was a spin-off to one of the other films uh, they did previously. But it's, it's funny because Army Hammer is in this film and then obviously all the cannibal uh, accusations about him uh, being there. So they've kind of tried to cut down his, even though they've recorded it, they've tried to cut his role down. So, and in the, the book that it's based on, I think um, he's got a pretty prominent role. So I don't know how that's Boy. going to affect the... Uh, execution of the film but it is stacked with a whole bunch of other massive actors in it i think but um that one's coming wow. out marry me as well comedy with uh, i think j-lo and on wilson where she's a oh. pop singer i kind of feel like it's almost like a real life another failed marriage so she yeah she brings on up on stage as a as a fan or he was kind of a fan of some or a friend who brings him along and then proposes and then he says yes and then it's of course the the comedy uh, thing of the the relationship after that. So uh, I feel like we can already tell what's going to happen in that film without seeing it. But, I feel like yeah. we've all seen that before somehow. <laughs> I feel like even those two people have made that film before. It's uh, <laughs> Jesus. Um, Uncharted, based on the uh, hit video game, uh, which has got uh, Mark Wahlberg and uh, um, oh geez, uh, the um, Spider Man, essentially. Uh, in his name but uh yeah um should be a big one and studio 666 which of course is the foo fighters uh, oh. uh one as well where they sort of recording such a horror film in one that's so right. yeah so that's coming to cinemas this work this month very exciting. cool awesome yeah a lot of stuff happening lots of lots lots to watch so uh anyway we'll take a quick break and very excited because coming up next we have our special guest uh, to help us tackle the listener question and nostalgia film. All right, welcome back. Uh, we are very excited to uh, introduce our guest, uh, Thomas Mueller. Is that right, Mueller? Mueller? That's right. That's, That's Mueller. Right. Yes. Lots you guys so. are so close. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> but uh, look, Thomas, you've been in the movie industry for a long time. You used to be roommates with my brother uh, back in the day. Is that how you met? I think it was how you met. Was yes, it? we. Thanks for having me, by the way. Um, yes, sorry. I, I was. Uh, I studied with him in, at RMIT in Melbourne. That's where we met, and that's where I met you. Yes. Yeah. There you go. And I looked up your IMDb 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 page, which shows you are. Legit, when you've got an IMDb page, you, mm. uh, yeah, <laughs> it's serious stuff. You've worked on some massive films and series. So um, I've got, I saw you there, just to name a few, Mandalorian, The Lion King, Transformers, Pirates of the Caribbean, Jungle Book, World War Z, uh, or Z, multiple Bond films, John Carter and Born Ultimatum. That's a pretty impressive list mm. across the board. Any of those you want to do? Uh, mention or, or, or what or did you do on some yeah. of those thomas like what do you what do you generally do on on these films so i'm a i'm a visual effects artist um which uh, these days people probably know what visual effects are more so than when i started but uh so we create all the computer generated stuff depending on which movie we're on it's different tasks um if you talk about lion king it's obviously fully animated cgi um so that was a long project several years with several hundred people um and then there is stuff where you where you add uh, effects to movies that are really shot let's say something like born ultimatum is obviously mostly in camera but then a lot of the stunts or maybe some explosions or extensions or changes will be done in cgi after after the shooting so that's that's been my job for the last i'm, I'm pretty old now 15 years 16 years now i think <laughs> That's amazing. Um, amazing. And uh, recently, I've uh, it, it's it's all moved a little bit more towards Netflix and streaming and Disney Plus and so on because that's where a lot of the work is being done, of course, especially during the pandemic now. So How Mandalorian has the pandemic and, affected your yeah. like work? Has it has it really? Yeah, I mean, work from home or yeah, work from home for sure. Yeah, like everyone, but it has actually. It's one of the few industries that probably has benefited from. <laughs> the pandemic because people 
I mean, to put it simply, I think people just watch a lot more stuff, right? And they don't, they don't go to the cinema as much or at all. So it's all become um, streaming giant uh, products that have quite high budgets. And that creates a lot of work. And because of the sort of hybrid workflow that we can do now working at different places and not being in the office, you can split the work across the world. So we have sometimes, like on The Mandalorian, we have companies working on it in the UK and in Sweden and in Germany and in Canada and Australia yeah. as well, actually. So it, it gets sort of cut into smaller pieces and chunks and then shared around yeah it's kind of made the the world a smaller place yeah yeah i mean and everyone still knows each other because it's still relatively small industry it's probably a few thousand people well maybe it's ten thousand people now but um the the sort of lead personalities know each other and they often were international and so when they move back home during the pandemic they often then end up working again with each other but via video and you know yeah yeah was there a movie or series that uh, you enjoyed particularly or any that uh, you really liked that project was awesome, like one that stood out or, or not really kind well, of just working on you, I mean, Because it's, diff- it's, it's interesting because sometimes working on a project can be good or bad, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the film or the TV series is good or bad. Like that's yeah. two separate things. Usually you want to work on something good, of course. So... <laughs> Working on Transformers is amazing for the effects, but it's not, you know, Transformers 4 or 5 is maybe not the film that we needed, but it's been, <laughs> it, it, it was made and, it, and yeah. it made money. Um, I think the best project in terms of pr- the proudest I, I um, am is probably Jungle Book. I think that yeah. was, that was um, groundbreaking stuff at the time. It still is, looks still like world-class. Uh, Absolutely. Um, that and uh lion king were just phenomenal like those two um Mm. yeah so yeah i mean lion king is actually a little bit better technically than jungle book because it was done afterwards but because it's the same thing again in a way like it's the same um ambition i didn't Mm. feel just as attached to it as jungle book although Mm. it was also a great project but jungle book was you know no one had seen that before like that Mm. that was the first time groundbreaking maybe at the time yeah yeah absolutely yeah. yeah, what are you working on at the moment? Um, I can't talk about what I work on at the moment, but we just finished Boba Fett, so that's the oh, series that's we were just now. talking about Boba Fett, yeah, yeah. really enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, oh, I haven't right. actually seen it yet. I need to watch it, <laughs> <laughs> and I know what I worked on, but I don't necessarily know where it sits in the in the series. I need to watch it um, when well, I have a quiet moment. Which, uh, is it what have you been watching recently? Anything that's caught your eye? Or? Um, I mean, I watched Dune recently. I really wanted to see that in the cinema, but I, again, didn't have time. It's hard with two kids, so um, and the pandemic. But then I watched it on a quiet, a, a quiet evening at home on my very big screen and great headphones, so I didn't hear anything else. And that was that was the first time in a while I really had a nice um, sort of uh, cinematic experience. And I think it's a it's a beautiful film. I can't wait for the second part. Yeah, so the same might even turn into a three part. Um, yeah, which is, in, yeah, yeah, heard, yeah. yeah, amazing. Yeah, that was a great one. That is, it's totally true, though, that the cinematic experience and through the rise of Netflix and all these streaming online platforms, you kind of forget how magical it is to actually go to the cinema and obviously with the pandemic, too. So it's something yeah. that I've been thinking about lately. And I'm like, yeah, I really want to get back out there and see some good movies in the cinema because it's just, it really can't be matched. It's very hard to match that at home. It's a, it's a loss for sure. It's, it's it's a bit of a shame. I mean, obviously, they're often offering you to see it in the cinema if you want to, but I don't know how many people really end up doing it anymore. Mm. It's, it's a shame. Um, yeah. And you get reminded when you have a quiet night and you really get close to your big TV and headphones, <laughs> you kind of mimic the you mimic the cinema experience a little bit. And yeah. um, it's not the same as eating your dinner and watching a show on Netflix. You know, it's not. <laughs> No, it's no. it's totally immersive, and you're in this dark yeah. room, and it's just yeah, it's um yeah, completely different experience. But should we get on to the listener question? Yes, excited for this one. Yeah. All right, here we go. I'm excited for this one too. So with Dexter New Blood trying to fix the original final season, which is already aired, which TV series had the best finale slash ending of all time? And that was from our listener, Nathan Butler. So thank you, Nathan, for that. Thanks, Nate. So, look, I'm going to throw to 
to you, yeah. Paul, just so I don't throw Thomas right under the bus. Let him oh, you know, yeah. have a think about this. But, nice. I mean, some of the, I guess, the ones that stand out to people in terms of finales, Sopranos is debated, The Wire, Seinfeld, Buffy. I know you wrote this list. Oh, yes. <laughs> Breaking oh. Bad, Friends, Mad Men, Boardwalk. The list goes on. Yeah. Um, so does one stand out to you, Paul? That, yeah, uh, I was... Having a look at the list, and uh, yeah, look, I could go on Buffy for probably three hours, but uh, we'll keep it. Go on, no. just go on. <laughs> <laughs> Not with what's happened with the uh, creator recently and all the uh, oh, there's a lot of controversy on him, <laughs> but uh, no, look, uh, yeah, a bit. One actually kind of reminded me how, how much I did like, I mean, it was always one of my favorite shows of all time, but I'd say Mad Men. Um, I mean, definitely the last mm. few seasons probably wasn't as good, but uh, they kind of wrapped it up quite well i think especially with don um sort of he sort of seen sort of lost his way towards the end and he was always this brilliant marketer who just came up with insane you know um ideas for marketing campaigns and that sort of stuff and he he's, he's at a retreat and uh he sort of at the very end of it he like an idea pops into his mind and then it kind of cuts to what's supposed to be regarded as one of the greatest commercials of all time the coca-cola ad that uh you know and it's like ah don's back you know to sort of finish it off which is cool but um <laughs> yeah i love that but yeah yeah whatever what what yeah what about uh, you thomas what do you yeah. uh does an ending or even one that you don't like one that jaded well, you where you watched and went oh my god what is that I was about to say, it's much easier to agree on a bad one. Like, if, yeah. you, if you bring up Dexter, everyone is like, yeah, that was really shit. I mean, that was just terrible. They didn't even, like, they, I think they didn't know how to end it. And they just <laughs> sent, sent him away. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Send him out to so, sea, literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. It seems like when you gave that list before of good shows, or good endings it also usually relates to a good show so they, they, they come in a package right mm. and all of them are great um because i think there's always some melancholy when it's over right it's it's you've watched this for seasons and seasons especially if you watched it live as in you had to wait for several years before the ending came it's it's it's, it's a big deal when a show like that is over um for me because it was probably the first one I really got super attached to. It's probably six feet under. Um, oh, ah. Yeah. Nice. But it's funny. I rewatched that recently. I do that sort of every five, 10 years. I rewatch shows that are really old and they do age and certain things don't feel the same when you're in a different place in your own life. So it's, uh, it's maybe not something I would pick now, but I had it in my mind as the best ending for a long time. Mm, yeah, um, right. And that was uh, ironically, Michael C. Hall, which we brought up yes. before, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. There you go. The I probably the one and I rewatched this series recently, and I think you probably know what I'm going to say, Cookson. Yeah. Um, but The Sopranos, yes. and that was one that was, to be honest, debated a bit in terms of if it was good, if it was bad. People just didn't get it. When I rewatched it, and this was probably about a year ago, I thought it's actually almost a work of art. That end scene. It is just—it yeah, is so cool on so many levels. The soundtrack, just what it implies, and it really does leave it up to the viewer to kind of make their own decision on it. And I—I I actually I love it. I thought that's one of my favorite endings. And yeah. at the time, people were like, "What the hell is that?" It just didn't give you closure, which I think people want. They want it tied up in a bow kind of thing but, a lot of the time. I, I don't—I don't really understand how people are confused about it. Maybe. It, it's if you watch it again um i watched it again about a year ago as well as you know and the first time i watched it i was much younger so maybe i didn't get it as much back then i didn't have as much experience in film language as i do now and i, I think it's absolutely clear what is being said and it's there's lots of hints on the way especially in the last season of what it's like when you get clipped right mm -hmm. there's no yeah. Like it's not, it's not nothing dramatic that you don't see it coming there is no big yeah. ending or a light it's just nothing yeah and, it's and just i mean cut to black and it's just yeah it's and so, um, cool. so i don't see how it's a real debate but um, no it's and an not to mention ending. it's a ode to yeah. you know godfather where mm. you know what happens in that scene that they're mm. copying so yeah yeah exactly um, yeah it's the yeah. bathroom again <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. no that, that's a very cool one I was going to say, I mean, obviously, another obvious one is Breaking Bad. I mean, I think, although it's interesting that they, they then did the second, like El Camino, which is, yeah. uh, you know, it was a great ending. And then they they do that as well. But um, yeah, I mean, El Camino was still good. But I mean, they yeah, it was one of those ones, I guess, they're just trying to cash in on 
on a great series and, and produce something else. <laughs> but uh, that was a great ending. And, and what a left field is Seinfeld as well, because I know that was controversial, but where they kind of did the flashbacks of all the, the previous things are in court, and I think they get carted off to jail at the end, don't they? Yeah. I think so. They're all, yeah. um, they yeah. all get like, yeah. 100%. So and that was another one where it was kind of criticised. Like at, at the time, it was they all went to jail and it ends literally the end scene. Um, is them mm. sitting in the jail cell together, which is it's very random. Um, yeah. But I was, one, that was one, and what you were kind of touching on, Thomas, like Seinfeld. When I watched that, that was one where you watched it every week and you got so invested and you had to mm. wait, you know, whenever it was, you know, it was almost nightly back in the day. But it's different when you couldn't binge shows and you would have that yeah. attachment. Yeah. Yeah. Boardwalk is an interesting one because I, if I may, like I think people, when they talk about the ending on Boardwalk, they talk about um, it's Nucky, right? Nucky being shot by yeah. um, Jimmy's son, which is obviously a great story arc considering how, how in the second season he killed his father. But um, I actually think the ending is great, not only because of that. It's, it's the scene before that, I think, where he goes into that tent at the fair on the boardwalk and he sees he gets like a glimpse of the future right he sees the first tv projection of, of some kind i can't remember exactly but it's a really um like endings are melancholic it's a really melancholic scene of the future that he will never witness that he will never get to and 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 sort of the end of an era the era of that criminal and of that kind of corruption and he's one of the last to go and the modern criminals uh are taking over in New yeah. York and so on. And he, he basically gets, before he gets shot, he sees what he wants. He wants to yeah. get to see. Yeah. I think that's pretty powerful as well. I love that show. I thought it was so underrated. Mm. It should have fantastic. been bigger than what it was. Just absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So if we're going back to the original question, <laughs> if, if you had to give one answer, which TV, and it doesn't have to be on the list that we've given, but which TV show, to you guys had the best ending for you personally one answer what are we going with i'll stick with six feet under just because it was the first yep (laughs) i'm changing my answer to your ones now i'm going sopranos as well (laughs) well i'm changing mine from the sopranos to seinfeld no (laughs) (laughs) we're just going to keep moving around no there's so many good ones but um before we move on to the nostalgia movie um we do a little segment, which has become an absolutely raging success on this podcast, probably yeah. the most popular. Um, and that is name that obscure dialogue. <laughs> and what I do here, Thomas, is I give a snippet, oh okay. sometimes not even the entire line of dialogue. And it might not even be meaningful to anything in the film or TV show. And then you've got to try and guess it. And it's generally pretty like hard. Like the most random word or something. <laughs> it's not common. Like it's not a catchphrase. Sounds it's, easy. It sounds yeah, easy. Yeah. It's <laughs> a, um, as I said, it's a very successful segment. So, um, and to give you a hint, this sentence is out of one of the TV shows we have just discussed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which you would hope. <laughs> Otherwise, it's very hard. All right. This is my acting or I'm getting into character. The second button is the key button. It literally makes or breaks the shirt. If you want it again, no, in a... <laughs> I have no idea. But when I think about it, it would be Sopranos, maybe. But uh, I don't know. Let me uh, do an exit. I'll, I'll put a bit more into it. Yeah. This is going to be bad. The second button is a key button. It literally makes or breaks a shirt. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not Sopranos. I'll save that. For so no, it's a comedy. No, no, I don't think it is. It was a comedy, right? Yeah. 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 Which comedy would you just did we just talk about? Hmm. <laughs> I have to admit, I've never I've never watched Seinfeld. It's crazy. Oh, what's the deal with airline food? You're correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that is actually, and the history of that line is when they're sitting in the jail cell in that last scene, and Jerry just. Mm. Dis- as it's panning out, Jerry says that to George about the shirt he's wearing. It's like that second button is in the wrong spot and goes on this spiel and then it kind of fades out. In the first episode of Seinfeld, he says the exact same thing eight years earlier. Oh, wow. He's talking about that. So they do a full kind of 
um, loop on that, a callback on that shirt dialogue. That's yeah. cool. There you go. Maybe I do have to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. one, of the, one of the great lines of dialogue for you, gentlemen. Yeah. Excellent nice. stuff. Well, should we discuss this nostalgia movie, Paul Cookson? Let's do it. This is very exciting. I'll, uh, so we usually let our guests pick the film. And uh, yeah, Thomas, you you, uh, you picked uh, Sunshine, the 2007 Danny Boyle film, which is I was very excited when you said this one because I love this film. And I hadn't seen it for a while as well. So I literally watched it today uh, just to kind of mm. refresh her on it. But uh, I guess for those who aren't aware, give a quick spiel about it. But yeah, directed by Danny Boyle. Written by Alex Garland, who you might know, who has done, who did The Beach 28 Days Later with Danny Boyle, ex Makina, uh, as well. Um, it stars Cillian Murphy, Rose Byrne, huge cast, Cliff Curtis, Chris Evans, Captain America, essentially, uh, Benedict Wong, Michelle Yeoh, lots of people. Um, and essentially, it's, I guess, the premise, the loose premise is. Uh, that uh, the the sun is dying out because I think it, it has, correct me if I'm wrong here, something in the middle of it that's sort of like killing it from the big bang that's left over. I was reading something into, into this a little bit. but um, cue ball, I think. It's cue, that's the one. So yeah. the mission is uh, there's, there's been a ship that's already gone missing, the Icarus 1. So Icarus 2 is loaded up. They've got this massive bomb that they're uh, going to try and reignite the star and then safely land home and come home uh, all, all really happy. And uh, But as we know, like all sci-fi films, that's not the case. <laughs> that's, yeah. So, yeah, great film. Good, great film. good synopsis. And so, Thomas, why did you pick this one? I wasn't sure if it's nostalgia worthy because it's not that old, but I guess it's it's um, nostalgia means many things to many people. For me, it's 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 a memory of a sci-fi experience in the cinema. To go back to what we talked about at the beginning, where I really had that cinema experience. I was alone in the Prince Charles in London when I watched it. Well, I think I was alone. There was almost nobody basically, and it was completely pitch black. And the film obviously has a lot of these shots where, you know. It's, it's, it's a black screen and the sun and the light and the contrast between the two. That's a lot of it is about that. And in the cinema, you really got flooded with the light. Just, it felt a bit like you could be one of the characters in the film and they're like uh, on their mission. It was just visually very powerful. Um, the company that I worked for at the time did the work on it. Unfortunately, I didn't work on the film. Oh, uh, I would have loved to, but I know some people who did. And it's just, I mean, the quality of the fluid dynamics in the sun, the quality of the effects in general are just fantastic and subtle and tasteful. And um, it's also a little bit controversial because the third act is not universally liked. And there are good reasons for it, mm -hmm. I think. I have also... A small uh, amount of problems with it but um it left it had an impact on me i i thought it was a powerful story about the sort of uh futility of man versus space and nature you know and uh um yeah it's just a great cinema experience yeah it is yeah. big it's massive and and mm -hmm. Paul, you watched it today. I actually, when um, Paul mentioned it like a week or so ago that that was the film you chose, I'm like, oh, Little Miss Sunshine? Is that the one with like Paul <laughs> Giamatti and, and stuff like that? Is that that one? Which yeah, is a brilliant film. But... <laughs> yeah. but, you know, all yeah. right. And he's like, no, 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 it's this. And I actually hadn't seen it. And I love Danny Boyle and it had somehow just mm. gotten by me. Um, and I know commercially, oh, yeah, commercially it wasn't necessarily the biggest hit, um, no. but... Yeah, so I, I watched it the other week and yeah, man. How was visually, it? I would have loved to watch it again for the oh, first time. Dude, like visually, and I have quite a large screen at my house. I've got a projector set up and I did yeah. watch it in the dark and that was very mm -hmm. cool. And visually for a film that was made in what, 2007 or something, was it? Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. a while ago. Um, you know, it, it's amazing. And from the first scene, how it's just, yeah, as you say, I mean, you know, it's what you do, but the the sun itself just looks crazy. Um, the tension that builds like through the acting and through that first little while, while the shit's kind of starting to hit the fan is, is really well done too. Um, scale. This, like I'm a sucker for scale. And what yeah. this film does so well visually is 
portrays scale, you know, mm. and it becomes like almost this metaphysical thing about mankind, right? How tiny we are. But like the there's like these, the way you portray scale visually, in, and we often work with this, is that you need you need an in between step to show the large. So the sun is huge, everyone knows that. But how do you feel that it's huge? It's just a ball, right? And and, and a human in relation to the sun, you never really read as like the relationship is too crazy. It's too many magnitudes yeah. different. But they mm. have the ship. And the ship is, you know, I think they say at the beginning, it's like the bomb is the size of Manhattan or something. Yep. It's all fissile material on Earth. So it's like all the nuclear bombs in the world combined times 10. And it's this box that contains that and the ship attached to it is probably, I don't know, the size of a city, right? So mm. you, you learn the scale of the human versus the ship. And then you see the ship versus the sun, which is like a, a, a dot, right? Yeah. And I think that's still off by many orders of magnitude, but it's, it's enough to kind of um, feel how small the humans yeah. are. And I think that's what's really what hammers home the visual quality of the film, that everything is so gigantic and you are mm. so insignificant. Yeah. And that's the tension, I think. You're, you're right as well. You talk about like the conflicts of like space and human life and that sort of stuff. And Chris Evans' character almost kind of like, it's such an interesting take where he's just like, the hero. No, kill kill him yeah like this person must die like in the end he just the focus on the operational the ball the goal mm -hmm. is just um it's unquestionable like it doesn't matter this is you know mankind will literally end unless we do this yeah. and with, you got with Rose sadness, Byrne, who's very different and she's all about no you know we uh, yeah human life i value every life like i, I can't yeah. change my yeah phenomenal yeah yeah it's um yeah, and we've got a little quiz that we'll go into, which so we won't spoil any of that. Yes. But there was, um, yeah, I don't know. There's actually kind of what you said you alluded to, Thomas, about the third act. Um, mm -hmm. I watched a really interesting, like after I watched the film, I did a bit of research and Quentin Tarantino actually is a massive fan of this film. But yes, he has I'm a similar... That, yeah. Have you seen this? Have you seen the video? I, I, yeah, yeah, I'm aware of it. Like he actually... He, correct me if I'm wrong, but he says that it's the first act is phenomenal or the second act, but then the third act, like it, he sees the film as a separate thing as the first yeah. two acts almost. Yeah, right? correct. Yeah. Like he, he loves yeah. the first, like he reckons it's amazing. First two acts, the third act, he reckons just horrendous. And he reckons the writing just like went off the off track and it just didn't kind of uh, belong with the, the other two parts of the film. So it's a really interesting take. But even that being said, with he still absolutely loves it. Um, mm. which was pretty cool. But what's your main issue with it, Thomas? Well, it's it's not too different to what probably most people would say. It just comes very, I mean, surprises aren't bad, but it comes so surprising that um, you end up in a slasher movie almost. Or <laughs> maybe. I mean, and I, I remember when I watched the first couple of times and I watched it half a dozen times in the cinema probably, it's like I... I, I try to put meaning into this pinbacker character, you know, maybe, and you can read this on Reddit if you want, you know, maybe he is some sort of manifestation of, um, what's his name, Killian Murphy's characters uh, losing his mind and he's really fighting himself. I mean, there's all sorts of bullshit about it, but it really, the story doesn't lend itself to that. I think it's, it, it's literal. That's the problem with it. It's literal, yeah. a guy that has somehow become supernatural by sunlight and tries to, stab you and that's yeah. a bit i really like that lifts him in the air i was like where's the yeah. Strength? Yeah. strength come from <laughs> there was so much ambition in the first two halves and then that happens and i don't know i don't know why it derailed i don't know what happened with the writing there doesn't seem to be much information about it which leads me to think it was intentional you know yeah it's just a choice but... yeah yeah and sometimes it's it's a bold choice and sometimes i guess they pay off and sometimes they don't and yeah maybe it didn't yeah. Some it's, of the styling, uh, you can definitely tell that like the 28 Days Later influence, especially in that part exactly. where some of the cuts yeah. where they, they do flashes of like mm. other scenes. Almost Fight like, Club pictures. kind of single frames. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, really. that was that was still cool because that was just saying there were people on that ship and it's scary to go into this dark, yeah. like abandoned structure in the middle of space. I think that could have been okay, but then... Like, even if he had been just a normal person that was crazy, it would have been okay. But the fact yeah. that he was crazy but, and some sort of superhuman, that, mm. I don't know. I mean, it's a shame. Yeah, yeah. maybe <laughs> it's too much. Interesting how they never give him a clear shot of him as well. It's always the camera is so fuzzy or yeah. distorted that you never really get yeah. a, a full frame picture of him looking. I was... Yeah. 
I was at a Q&A with Danny Boyle in London about this when the film came out and he said, because someone in the audience asked him what that was, I don't know if there's a recording of it, but he said the idea was, and again, I don't know if that's bullshit, but <laughs> the idea was that, you know, he's so full of uh, sun particles and energy that it's like, basically he's constantly in some lens flare and then blurry state, like you don't really... He's almost disintegrating, you know. He's full of this. <laughs> the, he's full even of even the, the cinema camera itself. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. He's so, I don't know. <laughs> overloaded on vitamin D. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, should we do some quiz? Yes, let's do it. All right. Put Thomas in there. So, so Thomas, this is once again a very popular segment. Have you noticed that all the segments I do, I say are very popular? That's it must, it must have something to do with you, Sam. <laughs> yeah, in my own mind anyway. I'll just turn my um, mic off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so these are just true or false. Um, and I have a feeling you'll do quite well on this. So Danny Boyle found working on a sci-fi film so exhausting that he vowed never to do one again. True or false? Uh, ooh, good question. I don't know. So I'm going to guess and I'm going to say yes. That's true. And that's mm. correct. Right. Off to a flyer. All right. <laughs> Heath Ledger was considered for the role of Cillian or Killian. Is it Cillian or Killian? Just quickly. I'm not sure. I thought it was Killian, but I don't know. Oh, yeah. really? I would claim Cillian. I'm an Irish yeah, right. person to ask. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll go with Killian. Heath Ledger was considered for the role given to Killian Murphy after a strong recommendation from Rose Byrne. True or false? Again, I don't know, but that could well be true as they obviously two hands, right? They mm. know each other, two Aussies. Mm. Could be. So is that a true? I, I'll say yes. <laughs> you won't say true? Is this like <laughs> It well, is the truth. The, All right. the affirmative. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to like lock him down on one. All right. That's actually false. That's false. Okay. That's a sneaky one. Actually, no, I should I have know. known that that was silly because Heath Ledger didn't, he was not alive then, was he? 2007, 2007 he might have been just alive if it was no i think he he when died he when it was dark because he died when he did imaginarium of dr panassas when which is a show yes. that i worked on and that was five i think two ah, okay. or four even because dark Knight came out in 08 i think but obviously that would have been well ah stories yeah hmm don't know. Oh, no, you're right. Actually, Imaginarium was later. Yeah, you're right. He was still alive. Sorry. Yeah, but I didn't go to that much detail, so you could have yeah. easily been correct there. Never mind. Also, I remember actually years ago, we spoke about Heath Ledger, and you had some story about working with him. And wasn't he, he was skateboarding to work, and he always he was yes. a really nice guy. He'd bring people donuts, and I just made that up. But, you know, he's... Yeah, no, no, that's, that's literally true. He skated, he skated into our office in Soho and showed up at the reception, and the receptionist fainted. And... Um, I mean, you know, I'm not into guys, but I would have, I would have easily gone on a date with that guy. He was so, he was so, like, he was the perfect Australian friendly, casual dude. Like every cliche about Australians was true with him. Plus, yeah. he was stunning looking, and yeah. like he, you know, probably a multimillionaire by that time. But skateboarded in and brought donuts to everyone. That's true. <laughs> That's so I mean, awesome. It was just so nice. I didn't have much to do with them. I wouldn't be able to claim that. But he was. He said morning to everyone. He offered to make coffee. It's crazy. You know, wow. us computer nerds and then like some superstar and he was just one of the guys. It was yeah, so it's cool. quite shocking when he, when he died shortly after. It was, yeah. it was hard to believe, really. It's a huge yeah. loss. And yeah, you think about, yeah. I mean, he was really just getting to a level where he was choosing really interesting roles and, you know, yeah, what could have been? Yeah. Anyway, the film is comprised of 750 visual effects, which only one London-based firm took care of. True or false? Mm, yes that should be true it should be a moving picture company yeah that is true and yeah. apparently no and i'm sure you'll know this but normally uh with visual effects they farm it out to several firms if it's if there's a lot so with this danny in Boyle, most cases yeah. yeah yeah danny Boyle only wanted to go through one and that's why the post for this film was like 12 months it was a long time yeah, and they even co-produced it with him. So I think it was one of those few instances where the VFX company also was involved in the production of the film, not just as a as a um, as a client. Mm -hmm. um, it's a shame it didn't do so well. <laughs> that would have yeah. been nice for the, for the company. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, all right. 
So the cast lived together to really prepare for living in close quarters with the exception of Killian Murphy. True or false? With conviction. True. That is true. I don't he know. Didn't, I don't know. <laughs> he didn't have to stay with the rest of the cast because they really tried to, Danny Ball really wanted them to experience living in close quarters. Mm. And um, and he had a, a pass on that because his wife was heavily pregnant. So he would oh, leave right. every night. Um, so there you go. Random stuff. All right. Last one. The sun's energy will actually run out in 4 billion years with the heat increasing as time goes on, not decreasing as is in the film. True or false? True. That is also true. Hey. You win the car. That's excellent. Hey, hey. Well done. Nice. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> what car is it? Uh, it's Paul's yeah. car. What are you driving, oh, Paul? Fuck. A Mazda? No. Three? <laughs> Something like that. You can be my car. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want it. You can keep it. It's fine. <laughs> Oh man! Oh, that was fun, and you you did really well, Thomas. And it's actually I didn't realize you. I guess the insight that the actual um, visual effects studio was the one you worked for that was involved in the film. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. Um, it doesn't happen very often. It happens more so these days. But uh, that's probably also why I'm not 100 percent sure. But that's probably also why they didn't farm it out yeah, yeah. to other places at the same time. Yeah. Although it wasn't that common in 2007, it's much more common now. Sure. Very cool. There's a couple other quick ones I thought was interesting, but Danny Boyle named Harvey after Harvey Weinstein as well uh, because he didn't, <laughs> wasn't the biggest fan of him. So, uh, so they made his character quite annoying and uh, good instinct. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Ahead of his time, something's there. wrong with that guy. Yeah, <laughs> and Michelle, you, Michelle Yo as well. Like essentially, he had auditioned her and said, "You can choose any role." I'll rechange the the gender or anything, but the role's yours as well, which is interesting. Um, yeah. Very Thank cool. you. Thank you very much, Thomas. Thanks for joining us. That was really good fun. Thanks for having me.